And when you look at the central U.S. and you look at what climbing availability there is, if you go from Chicago to Houston and then out to Oklahoma City and over to Memphis, say, 85% of the climbing in that whole area is here in the Ozarks. Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Well, today I have with me Dennis Nelms, and Dennis uh, owns Climb Solutions, LLC, uh, based out of Northwest Arkansas. So, Dennis, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here. Uh, well, ex- excited to have you here uh, and talk about outdoor recreation. We're going to talk about climbing more specifically, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe I'd, I'd, I'd need to start with you. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about your background, uh, and then we'll kind of get into how you got into climbing. Okay, so we don't have that much time, so I'll keep it as short as I can. But I grew up here in Fayetteville, um, went to the U of A, uh, and was introduced to climbing when I was 20. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to a fraternity, and um, just I was a lost ex-football player that had no direction and just got hooked. Um, and just fell in love with it and decided that's what I wanted to do with my time. And so I, over a period of time, learned in, as much as I could here in Northwest Arkansas and then set off uh, for a 10-year journey and lived mm-hmm. out of my truck um, and traveled all over the country to different climbing areas and destinations and worked around outdoor education in mm-hmm. the summer times where I, the focus was climbing. Um, but it was a lot of backpacking and, and soul searching for kids. And then um, in the wintertime, I worked around the ski industry as a, mm. a ski technician working on skis because I grew up working on cars as a kid. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of my journey. Uh, fast forward three decades later, um, here we are <laughs> back in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I had worked with my dad on, on development of, of uh, Adventure Subaru um, mm-hmm. and worked really hard on that and then in 2013 decided I want to get back to climbing and spend more time on that so started looking at other business ventures that would incorporate climbing and uh, kind of stumbled across climbing gyms I didn't do a lot of climbing in gyms actually had been maybe half a dozen times before mm-hmm. deciding that was where I was going to spend some energy and partnered with some guys out of Nashville, and we built Climb Bentonville. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, I've uh, since kind of stepped back, and I'm not involved in operations, and um, still kind of twiddling my thumbs, thinking, what am I going to do next? Um, and then mer- met the guys uh, uh, Rope Swing um, in the process. Got, got to really know Gary Vernon, and mm-hmm. he kept asking me questions about climbing. And um, so I was like, look, just – Let's, let's just start doing this consulting and, and I'll help you kind of formulate a plan. And so the last three years, I've been working pretty, pretty much full time on, um, you know, the strategy for accessibility for climbing in the state. And mm-hmm. what does that really look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we're trying to achieve is make this the most accessible, accessible and easiest place to learn to climbing in, this, in the country. Mm. Um, you know, when you look at climbing areas across the country, there's the Yosemite Valleys and the 
the Grand Tetons and the, these amazing iconic places, um, Arkansas is never going to be that. Mm-hmm. But what they what we do have is a massive amount of moderate or easier to middle easy climbing mm-hmm. compared to most places in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of <clears throat> brought it down to the idea that we're really going to focus on what we have as an asset and we're going to spend our time promoting that and, and, and going forward with that. Well, um, Dennis, as a, <clears throat> as a native Arkansan, you know, having grown up here and spent the majority of my life here, um, you know, I've, I've always thought, you know, what an amazing set of assets this state has in the outdoors, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you go across the state and, you know, Northwest Arkansas is beautiful. The, the Delta is beautiful in a different way, you know, and, um, and then you go to South Arkansas and yet in another way. So there's oh, this yeah. diversity. Um, <clears throat> but what's, what I think is really cool is how as a state, we're really kind of embracing outdoor recreation and growing that economy. Yeah. Um, and across the state. I just kind of wondered, like, you know, how do you see that? And what are you seeing happening throughout the state? Well, I think for me to really understand and appreciate how much we really had, I did need to leave mm. and go to these most, these amazing and iconic places. I mean, I was backpacking in Sequoia and Kings Canyon with kids or, or spending my time climbing walls in Yosemite or, or going up and climbing Mount Rainier in, the, in Washington, and they're all so amazing, but I, I kept coming back to how amazing Arkansas is and nobody knows it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, people really underestimate what we have here. And, and to your point, you look at the Delta, uh, my wife's from Dumas, uh, mm-hmm. Southeast Arkansas, and I never spent any time down there, but the beauty there is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just those, those big cottonwood bottoms and, and mm-hmm. just, amazing terrain and then you come up here and it's just these the relief when you go into the buffalo area Mm. is a thousand feet and that's big Mm -hmm. and that's i mean it's really big compared to a lot of places Mm -hmm. um and those the terrain there is just incredibly rugged um and there's so much diversity in these these different areas and then you go to the washita's and they're proper mountains Mm -hmm. Um, i was just climbing down there about three months ago, and it felt like I was in the Sierras. Hmm. Um, and I just, I never realized what we had before I left. And then when I came back, it's like, oh my gosh, there's just so much here. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we're just tipping into it. And, and what has been done with the cycling, it's just like open the door. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, when you look at the diversity of the terrain and, and the people that are coming here is just it's just blowing up in a lot of ways and and it's just now starting mm-hmm. you know as i was <clears throat> telling you earlier um you know when i had a chance to talk with gary vernon i, I felt very comfortable because you know I, I love to ride bicycles and yeah. um i don't probably wouldn't have had i not been living here but amazing accessibility to be able to ride a bicycle whether that's on the Razorback Greenway or a world-class mountain biking trail I I don't have any experience as a climber and so I guess a key part of the strategy of what you said that that uh, was interesting to me is that you're really trying to focus on you know I guess 
the ability for someone to get started into in easier to monitor climbs if yeah. i heard that correctly and it and there's been a huge uptick since the over the last decade with climbing gyms becoming more and more prevalent the accessibility of climbing is is increasing more and more and when you look at the central u.s and you look at what climbing availability there is if you go from chicago to Houston and then out to Oklahoma City and over to Memphis, say, 85% of the climbing in that whole area is here in the Ozarks. Hmm. It is a huge density of really good high quality rock. Um, And so as those gyms pop up in those different metroplexes and regions, people start getting more and more curious. Hmm. And so the availability of what does that really mean, accessibility? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really been thinking a lot about that. It's, it's accessible to um, culture, you know, the c- different cultures. Is it accessible to just general population? What does that really look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you learn? Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to a YouTube video and trust your life with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a gym and, and you know, the gyms are about the, the, the environment inside those walls. And so a uh, part of this is about how do we transition people from those gyms to more um, outdoor climbing and, and the adventurous side of climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rightly so, if you're new to climbing and you have no one to show you what's to, what to do, it can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's, that's the reality of it. But with some education, with some understanding, it becomes very safe. In fact, I would argue I've been hurt more on mountain bikes than I have climbing in three decades. Well, well maybe I might kind of build off of that point point, ask you a question. You know, when you think about a University of Arkansas student, so, you know, roughly 32,000, you know-ish mm-hmm. students on this campus, uh, we in the Walton College or going to have between eight and nine thousand you know um at a at a given time and many have grown up here many have not you know the other parts of arkansas other states and you know so i think they're they're an interesting audience here maybe they haven't ever been climbing or they haven't grown up doing it Mm -hmm. what do you suggest as the like all right first step is this yeah get your toes wet yeah exactly start with the rec center um, there's a bouldering wall at the record center and there is a climbing wall at the hyper. Um, you know, go there, get a little bit of instruction from them and get a sense of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to speak to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but those that it does speak to, they seem to be very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's a good place to start. Then when you, you know, if you feel that, um, that itch, then it's time to start looking at local gyms. Um, currently, there's about three local gyms that you can start looking at and dabbling into climbing. Um, and then there's a plethora of, of resources out there to kind of look for uh, areas to climb. Mm. Um, the big disconnect right now is that mentor to mentorship. So mm. when I started climbing, there was probably, for one really seasoned climber, there were 10 other climbers that wanted to get that mentorship Mm -hmm. and it was an easy conversion it wasn't so hard to find those people today it's like one in 150 Mm. one in 200 who knows Mm. there's not a ton of old 
turds like me running around yeah. <laughs> that are, you know, excited about instruction. Um, so it's, it's, there is kind of this disconnect right now, but there are a lot of organizations out there that you can get good information from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knowles is where I went, National Outdoor Leadership School. They're based out of Lander, Wyoming. Uh, American Alpine Club, another mm-hmm. great organization. The Access Fund, these are, uh, that's a conservation, uh, they, they preserve and protect climbing for, mm-hmm. for climbers. Getting involved, in, and then locally, there's a great organization called the Arkansas Climbers Coalition. Okay. And this is made up of climbers. It's all volunteer. Hmm. They do, they go out and they work on trying to make sure things are safe for climbers. They rebolt old equipment that's that's out there, and they try to update it. Um, and so there's a lot of education involved in that. Hmm. Um, they put on a, a huge thing every spring, um, Arkansas Climbers Festival. And that's another incredible resources for people to learn how to do it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I, I've got this question comes to mind. Um, you know, I mean, of course, I've known climbing existed, and like I said, I haven't really haven't really done it. Uh, but the movie Free Solo or the documentary <laughs> Free Solo came out, right? Uh, and that's been a few years ago. I, I oh, assume Alex, that Alex, is, Alex. is that a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's a blessing or a curse to it's, climbing. It's a blessing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now I will tell you, I know Alex. Okay. I've met him before, and we've actually climbed together. He is a very um, calculated, smart individual. They make him out as this kind of quirky dude. He's not. Okay. He's he's uh, he very much knows what he's doing and when he does it, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it was an incredible feat what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before him, um, Kevin Jorgensen and, and Tommy Caldwell doing the Dawn Wall. It was a seven-year endeavor for them to do that that route, and those things kind of perpetuate climbing to the front line, mm-hmm. um, whereas it's always been on the fringe. Um, but you know that kind of climbing is is on the upper 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 end yeah and you know so it's not uh, the everyday experience mm-hmm. um you know the everyday experience is you and me going out and i i lead up and set up the ropes and you go up and you're comfortably there and if you fall you just stop mm-hmm. and nothing happens mm. you Give it a second, then you get your hands back on it, and you keep climbing. And the the equipment that we use is incredibly redundant. Hmm. It's like the the amount of force it takes to break the equipment is about ten times what the body could withstand. Okay. So it's not going to give. Mm-hmm. It's only human error, and that goes back to the education piece where you find that mentor. What? How do you get educated to do this? Hmm. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know that uh, I, I knew it had to at least have cre- increased interest, you know, over time. It did. <clears throat> the accident numbers haven't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the the amount of people coming to the sport has not, like, ticked up dramatically. It already is going tenfold every year. Really? Um, well, 10% over year over year okay. for the last decade. Um you know, I think it did spark that like that adventurous side in, in mm-hmm. climbers and, yeah. and get them kind of excited about what's new um, and what's exciting mm-hmm. in climbing. Well, let's maybe talk about climbing and how it relates to the economy. Um, so, I, you know, I would say 
when I think about the connection between outdoor recreation, our economy, I, I guess I think about it in a couple of ways. Would love to get your thoughts, and you, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking about it uh, even more in depth. But, but one, uh, these experiences add quality of life, right? You know, mm-hmm. and as, as people uh, choose to found businesses and grow their businesses here and or relocate their businesses here, I think this is an important part of the economic mm-hmm. development story of our state. And then I, I believe that anytime, you know, you see, uh, you see an industry start to pop up, well, now there's economic development around that industry, the different businesses to support it. So how are you thinking about that? Well, I think as a, as a business owner and I look at like places that I would want to be and the places that I've been, you know, we really have it good here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we really have an amazing community. Um, and then on top of that, all of a sudden, we actually have better recreation than most places in the country. And people are just now realizing it. Now we, as native Arkansans, probably already knew this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just knew that it had not been tapped into like it is today. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when I look at living spaces for a business, if I think about what is it that's really going to attract people to my business, it's what we do in our, t- in our time. Mm-hmm. What we choose to do is the most important time of our lives. Mm-hmm. We choose to go to work, but we have to. Mm-hmm. We choose to drive a car, but we have to. We choose to ride a bike because we want to. Yeah. We choose to fish because that's, our, that's what really pushes us. We choose to climb because that is what really gets us excited to live. And when you have a place that gives you so many options like we have here, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I want to recruit good quality staff, if I'm looking to really perpetuate a good quality company, I know that inevitably it comes down to how happy those people really are. Mm. And if they ha- or live in a space that gives them the opportunities to have happiness, you're going to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's a key part of the uh, the value proposition of, of living in this state. And I think why people are uh, seeing this state as a place that they want to move to. And that clearly has yeah. been the case. It, it was the case pre-pandemic, but that certainly accelerated to some degree. And it's, as you know, still growing. I'm a great example of it. I was an Arkansan that was just like, eh, you know, I got what I got, but I'm going to go really see the big world. And I went and did it, and I lived in some most some of the most iconic places in the country. I lived in Santa Cruz, California, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in Portland, Oregon, and you know these places are amazing in their own right. Mm-hmm. But every place I went, I was like, you know, it's, it's not as good as Arkansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, it's cool, you know, it's amazing in its own way. But it's like when you try to put the whole package together. When I think about when I thought about raising a family. I immediately thought about coming back here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the, this, how much we have here. Um, it's all there. It's just not really seen as much as uh, those other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we have. 
you know, as far as like the terrain and things like that, it can be the capital of the world in a lot of ways, but it can also be the best place to grow and to have growth as an individual in a lot of ways too. Yeah, it's, it's just a wonderful place to, to grow a business. Um, and, you know, as you think about what opportunities you see around climbing coming, you know, over the next and I don't know how far you're thinking out, three, five, ten years, you know, but how do you see that economy, specifically around climbing, needing to develop maybe is the right question. Yeah. Well, I think that um, as businesses continue to develop, um, you know, and as employees age over time, you know, you're not going to always be able to push yourself to the hardest levels, um, especially into my age. <laughs> um you know, it's it's more the accessibility of those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start looking at, I can see me climb till I'm 90. It Just as long as I don't fall off my bike. Yeah. <laughs> Not fall off of the side of a mountain. I <laughs> you know, I can see that here. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not out of the realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that accessibility here is just like, I mean, I got climbing 10 minutes outdoors, 10 minutes from my house. Mm. And there's not a lot of places in the country you can do that. You know, when I when I talked with Gary, uh, that was a key learning about the cycling strategy in in our state was having it in uh, about accessibility, but proximity to where people live. And so you see that same thing in climbing. Well, Gary's a really smart dude. And. You know, it really he keyed me into this very early on is like realizing how important that is. That is really turning development of climbing on its head. Because what it's always been is go out and do your hard project like the Don Wall and mm-hmm. you know, or or you know, you go to that project and you do it. Well, what we're doing here is we're taking the cues from the cycling and saying, No, we're gonna develop the local areas first and then you then you get interested in your projects Mm. and so we're really turning it upside down in the climbing community um and it's really you know when when all when gary and all those guys started working on this people were like this isn't going to work you this is this is crazy now they're coming here going how did you do this we want to do it you know and and i i foresee this being the conduit for shockwaves across the climbing community across the country, hmm. the way we're approaching this this overall strategy for the state, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just really different the way it's ever been approached. And do you see, you know, for the different areas of focus in Northwest Arkansas and Arkansas, uh, it, more broadly around cycling and climbing and paddling i assume you're seeing synergies across those different ones particularly from a tourism standpoint that's right and i think the the big takeaway there is the big takeaway for me is take the assets that you have and look at those things and how can you maximize them here in arkansas and draw from that Mm -hmm. if you've got a rock outcropping close to your downtown center focus on that if you've got a river or stream focus on that if you've got these amazing deltas focus on that Mm -hmm. but really look at the natural resources and figure out how to promote those things because right now you go down 
in areas and those are kind of in the ditches Mm -hmm. but the reality that's the gold for these communities Mm -hmm. that's where they can really revitalize these these rural areas that are they're losing every day uh, but that is a natural asset that really can be leveraged in a strong way. I agree that you. is your gold. Mm-hmm. To uh, me, it's like that's exactly what we're doing with the cycling. We are taking the terrain and turning it into gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bella Vista is a great example. I mean, that terrain has been sitting there for eons, mm-hmm. and no one knew what to do with it. And all they had to do was say yes. And now they got 80 miles of trail that is phenomenal. Phenomenal trails. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, well, as you sort of look back at, at your journey, uh, I'm interested in some of your learnings, and particularly maybe, you know, you were a U of A student <laughs> at, at one time. Uh, so if you, were, if you were looking back and, you know, getting one to pursue this passion of climbing, and I know, you know, you spent many years working uh, in – the automotive industry and your family's business that was very customer service focused um, just you know you're, you're kind of talking uh, to that student what's what's some key learnings and advice I think you know doing the work you know being willing to put the time in but the only way to do that and it, this may sound cliche but follow your passion hmm. whatever that is my dad loved drag racing when he was 10 years old <laughs> His dad was a mechanic. And so what did he do? He yeah. followed his passion. Hmm. Became one of the most prominent car dealers in Northwest Arkansas. You know, he was the, the dealer of the year last year for Subaru. Uh, you know, after almost five decades of, hmm. of, in that business. Follow your passion. Hmm. You know, and, and this is, it's hard to separate that when you are struggling to make ends meet paying off those loans, doing what you do, and you commit yourself to something. But the, at the end of the day, if you follow that passion, you're going to spend that extra mi- minute. You're going you're gonna to wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, that's the answer. That's it. Because it's in you. It's, no, it's not external to you. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. Um, notion of and something you said about one being present and working hard i continue to hear that you know and just about everybody i talk to um like just do great at what you're doing love it you know and and mm-hmm. pursue what you really enjoy and there's a lot of pa- a lot a lot of joy in that the only other thing i'd say there is there's no job underneath anyone hmm. and the reason i say that is because I mean, at one point, I was picking food out of dumpsters to make ends meet, to go climb. That was my passion. And sometimes you just have to pick up the mop and mop the floor no matter what happens because that's what has to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a disconnect there with a lot of people. It's like, oh, if I can't do that job, I'm not going to do a job. And that's just not the way... um, success works mm-hmm. you know i think i think that's a great characteristic of um many of the great leaders that we know um that have always been willing to do to do any job you know and whatever it takes yeah. to get that job done well my dad when i was a kid he told me this he probably didn't remember saying this he's like son you can run a business 
taking care of the coffee maker. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you do the work, you put the time in, and you will figure out how to make yeah. things work. Well, Dennis, um, thank you for what you're doing in our region and in our state to advance outdoor recreation and the economy around it. Um, thanks for being willing to come back and spend some time yeah. with us today. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be back at the university. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.